Welcome back to Talking Picture Talk. I'm Sean. With me is Joe, D, and Vince. Uh, it's been just a little over a week since the last time we recorded it. Yeah, best ever. That's a record. Yeah, it is. I really thought we were going to be back in the fall of 2000 this year. 20. Yep. Um, but we're back now, and uh, we're going to continue with our top... Uh, this is going to be six through one, our favorite uh, film. Five through one. Five through one. Top five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Here we go. <laughs> anyway, um, it's ironic because the last time we recorded, it was a Saturday, and we had uh, consumed... I guess you can say we consumed alcohol mm-hmm. and um, tonight's a Monday night and we're sober yep. and I'm and sick. I'm, just, I'm exhausted. I, so am I, actually. <laughs> Everyone looks so tired. Under the weather. And I just made a grave math mistake. Yep. Anyway, number five, should we yeah. get right into it? Let's do it. Vince, do you want to start? Sure. My number five is three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Anyone else have it? Yeah, that's in my uh, okay. Five. Oh, right. Vin, yeah, that's Vin, my five too. Vince Vince predicted um, that he and D would share three of the same top five movies, and so far one for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't make my top ten, but it was it was it was close. It was in there. Oh, definitely my top. Definitely my top twenty. Yeah, it's really good. I think maybe the best lead actor actress performance of the decade. Um, you're probably right. Huh? Top three, probably. I don't know. I'm trying to think who else would be in there. Even. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence and <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that sounds good. Oh, Ro- Rosamund Pike, maybe Gone Girl. That was a really good one. That was good. Who who won the Oscar that year? Blue Jasmine. Brie Larson Room. Oh uh, yeah, she was good in that. Yeah, there was oh, actually your girl from Armoire. Armoire. <laughs> yeah, Armoire. It's a it's a movie about closets. <laughs> um, oh yeah, what's her name? Uh, Emmanuel Riva. Yeah, yeah, she's pro- she's probably the best of the decade. Down on my birthday. Did you really? Yeah. It's so odd, you know that. It's really, I'm really weird. Rest in peace. I right. just am a big fan. <clears throat> All right, back to three billboards, she please. Died on my birthday <laughs> three years ago. <laughs> big fan. Yeah, her husband smothered with a pillow. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's in the movie. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah, really good movie. Probably should have beat Shape of Water for Best Picture. Sam Rockwell, great in it. Long overdue, mm-hmm. uh, overdue deserved Oscar. Remember it got like that bad publicity at the end because like his character was, was racist? Yeah, it's like a movie and people are like Sam Rockwell, racist. No, they were like no, the the controversy was they tried to say like he was the director made him out to be a hero and it's like he's not, he's just he's a dumb guy and he's just trying to do something. What I mean, what heroic action does he take? To try and get the remember he tries to he thinks like he tries to get like the DNA from the guy who yeah, when he gets his ass kicked in yeah. the uh, in the bar, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. I'm saying like the character doesn't deserve your empathy because he's like a racist or whatever. But it's just like total bullshit. Yeah, that's that's stupid. That movie's awesome. It so is a great movie. Great. Woody Harrelson's great in it too. Yeah, everyone is. And oddly, it's Martin McDonough's second best movie behind Bruges. Yeah. Did you ever see both solid? What's I didn't see Seven Psychopaths. It's not very good. And I've seen the short movie he did. Was it called like he won Six an Oscar Shooter? for that? Yeah, Six Shooter. It's really? with like Brendan Gleeson, isn't it? Yeah, and he's like the uh, Donald Gleeson. Oh, they're both in it. Yeah. Oh man, father and son. Yeah. But yeah, that's my number five. And and D's number five. Well, wow. solid. Oh, all right. 
Um, so we're, I guess. We're, we're cutting time here. Okay. This is good. <laughs> this, this is good. Get this, get this train, <laughs> train rolling. This is going to be the last one, I think. I think <clears throat> we're going to hang it up after this. Yeah. Um, my number five. My number five is uh, Inside Lewin Davis. Jip, was this like your number six or something, Joe? I think it was my number... Just talk about it. Number eight. Okay. Number eight. Should we just keep moving? No. I, um, I don't remember if we... I don't think we... I don't know if... I can't remember if we got into it or not. Uh, Let's get into it. Well, yeah, we did. And I remember you talked about the end where they introduced mm-hmm. Bob Dylan mm-hmm. in a silhouette, which was my favorite part yeah, it's of great. the entire movie. <laughs> it was the very end. Um I don't know. I'm now that I'm thinking about it. Is there a Coen Brothers movie where there's like a good ending for the lead? Um, you could argue that that Fargo is sort of. I mean, I mean, her eh. life's gonna suck. Married to Norm with the paintings and right, but you know she's gonna have the kid and and that's all good. So it's either just kind of open ended or shitty. Yeah, I mean, No Country's very open ended, but that's just word for word from the last last page of the book. Right. Um, I mean. <laughs> Lebowski, I guess Dottie dies. That's so not really good. <laughs> yeah, but this um, movie Inside Lewin Davis is just like I think raising. Oh man, even yeah, you're right. Raising Arizona is kind of like ambiguous. Like she can't have kids, but he has this like foreshadowing dream of them having like all these kids, and maybe it was Utah. Serious man, that's sort of a downer. That's that's like very a tornado that's, comes and kills everybody. Yeah, the, see, like that's very similar <laughs> to this. I think it's just. Oh yeah, it's I mean, just a journey. That's just like an odyssey. The lead is only a journey, but in a way, but it's just nothing good is happening to him it, along the way. Don't you just think like? Ends like that. Do you th- do you ever do you ever think in that movie that it's going to work out for this guy? No, we because I don't know. We talked about it last time. Like um, he, he's he's kind of an asshole. Like the character is sort of sort of a jerk, but I think that you still. And this is why they're this is why they're the best to do this. They're the best writers and directors to ever live. They're just they're just that good, because no no one else no one else does this. If anyone else could do this, they would do it. But it, it just doesn't happen like this. Where the guy's a jerk, but you still root for him because in you know you kind of know what's coming, and you know it's never going to work out for him. He's never going to find success. You you sort of just know that, and he spends a whole movie getting shit on. So you you, you kind of have sympathy for him. It's the same with Uncut Gems. With no, with I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, so don't spoil it. But yeah, yeah. Well, they do it in. They do it in the other movie too. Good time, they make it for him. Where you're, the guy's kind of like a jerk, but he yeah. still, yeah, yeah. It's, it's. But, I mean, he doesn't. Yeah, you want it to work out, well, but you know. It's yeah, the Safety Brothers are way better than the Coen Brothers in, in Vince World. So, yeah, totally. <laughs> the Safety Brothers, so get it right. Uh, oh God, you probably saw Coen C O H E N. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, that, that, we'll edit that out. <laughs> Remember the uh, the Simpsons writer named Joel Cohen? Yeah. Uh-huh. Was there? Yeah. Um, oh boy, how about that? Yeah, Lewin Davis is yeah. It's a it's a great movie. Um, it's definitely one I gotta revisit. That's for sure. Yeah, have yeah. It takes a couple. Years. I think it takes a couple viewings. I saw it twice in theaters. It, but yeah, definitely well made. It was, the, it was my favorite movie of that year. I remember. What year was it? Twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Yeah, I just I thought Oscar Isaac was great. He's yeah. just getting shit on the entire time, but he's so persistent. Yeah. He keeps going for it. Yeah, it was that's a great performance. I've seen uh, Adam Driver in anything, I think. Really? Yeah. 
I predicted uh, the movie was What If. It's not. It's not called What If anymore, though. I was looking for it on IMDb and I couldn't find it. They called something else. I swear to God, they changed it post movie theater. Release. I, I, saw, I saw that 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 Daniel Radcliffe movie in theaters, and I walked out and I was like, I don't know who that guy is. Adam Driver. I looked him up. I was like, this guy's gonna be huge. I did the same thing with Miles Teller in Rabbit Hole. I was like, this guy's gonna be huge, and I was right both times. Okay, douchebag. I like when um so. As we're recording this last night, where the Screen Actors Guild Awards and Joaquin won for the Joker or for Joker, I'm calling it the Joker now, like 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 Kelly does. He won for Joker, okay, and uh, yeah, <laughs> he won for Joker. Oh. And he said um, he he was calling like pointing out all the other actors, and he said like a really nice thing about DiCaprio, and like there was this guy that like everyone in our age competed for roles with. DiCaprio always won them, and it was like oh, Leonardo's here, like we're not getting this role. Um, and then he gets like Adam Driver, and he's like, "Been watching you for the last couple years." <laughs> like, I mean, he may have seen Marriage Story, but he's never seen Girls or anything else. That guys ever. Oh, he probably saw Lewis Davis, but. So I've been watching you. Taron he's like, "Hey, good job, buddy." Yeah, he was just like, "Taron, where's Taron?" I, I honestly have no idea what he looks like. Please raise your hand. <laughs> no, Joaquin's a huge Star Wars guy. That's the only thing he knows Adam Driver. From. Is, that, is that true? No, I'm just no. Because <laughs> it's one of the things you would believe. He's such a weirdo. All right. Okay. Joe, what's your number five? Um, uh, my number five. What's your number six? <laughs> what you were to explain for most movies. Yeah. No, no, no. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, my number five is Beast of the Southern Wild. Uh, ben Zeitland uh, was nominated for Best Director for this and has not done anything since. You would think after <laughs> that you continue making movies. Did you? Yeah. Did you see the preview for the next one? No. What is it? It's like a. Give him a mic. It's a Peter Pan. It's a Peter Pan esque. A retelling, but it looks like Beasts of the Southern Wild. It looks like they're in like a dump at Zion. Which is what Beasts of the Southern yeah, Wild much. is. Well, well, no, Shawnee, that was New Orleans. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I mean... After Katrina. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it looked terrible. Um, yeah, so... I think, is that what this is supposed to be? Where are they supposed to be in this? Um, well, Beasts of the Southern Wild, was a, that was a very tough movie to watch. Uh, it's basically about... It, it, it takes place, I, I guess, on Earth after right after Katrina hits and people are living kind of like in like like unintentional houseboats. It's like they're kind of houses, but everything's just in the water. It's 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 not like it's not how it really was, but there's kind of it almost looks like it's like like a fantasy type of thing. I mean, when you get to the end, it, it see, I typically don't like movies like this where it has a real global warming bent like the beasts of the Southern wild are when ice caps are melting, these like frozen in place, woolly mammoths are getting out and they end up in new Orleans and this girl like hangs out with them. But at the, at the heart of the story is it's, it's a girl, her, her dad is um, trying to raise her. They're just dirt poor. Uh, he gets sick. Uh, the mom went off and the girl has like kind of an idea of her mom um, and sort of goes looking for thinking like she can help the dad. And it reminded me of, remember the movie Paris, Texas? I think Sam Shepard yes. wrote it right. Um, how the character, the guy just died. What was his name? The actor, three names. Not the guy from Watchmen, though. <laughs> the other guy, three names. Uh, yeah, I forget. I know who it is. Yeah. I can picture him. He, Paris, Texas. Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton. So he goes to like... <laughs> no, who's the guy in Watchmen at the beginning? No, 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 no. At the, at the beginning. Who throws, uh, gets thrown out the window. Oh, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, I always get him and Harry Dean Stanton confused, yeah. as you can see why. But um, anyway, it kind of remi- reminded me of that, like just just the, the same feeling I had going into it. But 
Um, it I don't know, like, I'm not into the global warming. I'm not really into the fantasy part, but it, it packs such an emotional punch, and you just care so much. Like, the girl, Kuvanjane Wallace, was nominated for an Oscar for it. Like, it was just one of those. They're flukes. I mean, and and, and the asshole critics, right? Well, they are. I mean, she's, she's not done anything since, so it, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's the same with, like, didn't, like, the little kid in Kramer vs. Kramer get nominated? Yeah, yes. it's, it's just bullshit. I mean, and, and what the asshole critics say is uh, they always say, oh, it, it's it's they, they haven't learned any bad habits yet. It's like, I mean, come on. It's it, like <laughs> they're, not, they're not good. They're just kids. Like and they're in like a this lot. movie. No, I, 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 do, I do. It's yes. right. Right. But I mean, yeah, it's it's whatever the kids. So, uh, yeah, it, it just it, there's a lot of just a lot of heart in the movie. It's it's cool to look at. There is some fantasy stuff. There's a lot of global warming stuff. Um, but, but all in all, it's just about like a father trying to raise a daughter the best he can when he really doesn't have any means to do so. And then her kind of setting out on, on her own journey cause her father is sick and, and she probably is going to have to learn how to handle herself. Uh, she, I mean, he dies at the end, so she does. <laughs> I guess the woolly mammoth had take care of her after that i guess so she finds her mother doesn't she well she she does but she's working like as like a waitress on like a riverboat so she, but they never like it's Why it's is this so much <laughs> well it's not like she's it's not like she's like oh yeah honey you can come stay with me on the riverboat she gives her the fried alligator because that's what the dad always yeah, talked about like how your mom made the best fried alligator um we we're talking about this way too much anyone else have it in the top in the top five i remember Saying I had to sleep on it. What, why did like that was in th- we saw the movie in theaters. Yeah, I don't remember it being a huge movie, but we it was smaller. Yeah, I think I got direct or uh, it was nominated for like over five Affleck. Oscars, not for best picture. Oh, he was nominated for Ben Affleck then if he was for the town or God be gone for Argo directing. It was it the same year? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like, like it was longer ago. Wow, man. Ooh. I remember the, the well, guy good. who played her dad. Did a pretty good job. He wasn't even a professional actor. Yeah, he was a no name too. He was good. He was just like some dude who like lived there. Like I think he was like an actual baker. Yes, that's right. Like found him. Yeah, and put him in the movie. Yeah, I did a really good job. Good film. Good film. Let's turn to five. Uh, my number five. Is... Inside Lewin Davis. We've been over this. <laughs> oh no, you said it was three billboards. I'm sorry, three oh, billboards. Sorry. Okay, so my number four now. Uh, we'll venture number four. We'll we'll go in order here. Uh, mine's Whiplash. I think everyone has had has Whiplash on the list, correct? Yeah. At some point Where's or another. It for you? It's my number one. It's my oh. number one as well. Oh, right. man. Let's, let's circle back. Right, yeah, to we'll, that we'll get back on. to that. Back. Yeah. So now. Bleep that out, Shawnee, when they when they say the number one. So it's your ruined. Fault. You have to bleep this entire part out. <laughs> um, Just start over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Delete. Uh, what is it? Number four? Um, it is Get Out. Dead air. <laughs> I thought this might be uh, your number one. I remember you loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Loved it so I knew much. It was in your top five. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. I mean, going back to what I was talking about with um, it follows. This is in this decade. I've fallen in love with the horror genre just because it's gotten so much better, um, and new directors have emerged and. They're kind of doing what they want with these movies, and the studios aren't getting in the way. Um, this is directed by uh, Jordan Peele of Key and Peele fame, comedian, hilarious, um, and now he's proven himself as a amazing uh, horror director. That was one I had to sleep on because I saw it in theaters, and it was one of those ones that people 
like we're saying, it's one of the best movies ever. And I saw it, thought it was good. And then I was like, it was kind of underwhelming. And I remember we watched it a couple months later. And I really enjoyed it more so than the first time I saw it. And I agree with you. He's definitely on the up and up with becoming a horror director. Because I, and apparently it's not that, like, I loved Us too. But apparently that's not the most popular movie. Like, people had some issues with it. But I thought it was a yeah. pretty good horror movie. I mean. Did you see it? Us? Yeah. No. no. It's on HBO. Yeah, yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get to it. I, I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't see Get Out probably till around the Oscars when I when I was trying to watch a lot of stuff, which I'm trying to do now. The, these animated movies are so bad; they're so bad. I don't know how <laughs> anyone watches this crap. Poor kids! Oh my god! I swear to God, my kid is not watching this garbage. Like they're just not. Absolutely, like like a six year old knows what quality is. These movies are so terrible. They're awful. Klaus is that what it's called? Klaus. So I'm like, all right, I got to get through these. So I watched two seconds of that. It, it, it was it was just a disgrace. And then the How to Train Your Dragon three or whatever. I tried to watch that. And it's like, wait, I, I, like, wait. I was like, I don't, I don't need to see the first one to know what's going on here. But then I was like, wait, maybe I do because I have absolutely no idea what this is. Wait, so you turned off Klaus? Turned off Klaus. Turned off the How to. Tra- I just couldn't do either of them. I watched uh, I Lost My Body, which is for adults, and I watched uh, the one that's not Toy Story with Zach yeah, Galifianakis. Yeah, Missing Link. That's actually not bad. That was that was kind of fun. Um, anyway, what Isn't are we talking about? Isn't Zach is the voice of the abominable snowman or whatever uh, he is? Of, um, the Yeti? No, he's uh, Bigfoot? Big, uh, Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Yeah. <laughs> Just went through all of them. It's funny, yeah. I saw Get Out in a theater up in Poconos. It was like the worst movie theater I've ever been to. Like, <laughs> it probably like hasn't been you know, um, yeah. updated since like the 80s. But then... Um, I remember I fell asleep for a good portion of it, too. <laughs> but I wasn't, I Happens wasn't a lot. bored. I was into the movie. I was just really tired. You were actually hypnotized during that yeah, scene? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> uh, Catherine Keener put you to put you out, um, set, sent you into the sunken place. But I remember um, once I saw it again when I came out. I think I saw it on HBO. I caught up with it. Um, I liked it. I didn't, you know, I didn't think it was one of the best films of the year, but I definitely liked it a lot. Um, I loved... Who's the the main actor? What was his name? Daniel Kaluuya. Yes. Yeah, that kid Kaluuya. did a good job. Yes, he's great. Yeah. His friend was really funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lil, Lil Rel. I predicted Lil Rel was going to be huge. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was not the Adam Driver pick that I thought it was. And um, who's the other guy? And up until like a week ago, I didn't really know who he Look, was. Look, Stanfield. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's I just saw awesome. him Knives Out. That dude's a really good actor. He's great. Yeah. Ver- versatile be, like in a lot of stuff like yeah. starring like leading man roles soon. Oh. cut gems too he's in that yeah and he's also in atlanta which is one of the best tv shows on right now oh is he in that yeah yeah, yeah. In that. he's real and he's he might be my favorite character in that yeah it's really Catherine good. keener bradley what's name bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford. yeah it's steven a, steven root steven root Kale who's great in there. Yeah. Really good. yeah it's really really well acted i, I, I saw it on um, tv too i liked it a lot um really good movie something that you can look at it like it does have social messages absolutely for every yeah. like if you you can choose to look at it like that but and i am not the person to be getting into this yeah yeah it's no, a very it's very strong movie a, good, a movie that stands on its own and I, that's why i like the same thing with us yeah. i think he's you know remember when brian williams like lied about being like a helicopter in iraq <laughs> what an asshole and then and then there was the 40th anniversary of saturday night live and they had like the red carpet <laughs> And uh, like Chevy Chase, no, it was Jim One, Carrey. Two. They were interviewing him, and they asked him a question. He goes, "I have a question for you." So, what did Brian Williams just talk about? He just was like in a helicopter, and he wasn't there, and he just put them both on yeah. the spot. Ryan Seacrest is like, "Uh." Now it was Matt Lauer. So oh he probably, God. he probably deserved to be put on the spot. 
Oh, Matt Lau. Oh, man. When's that, when's that trial? He, he, he's worse than Weinstein. He's the worst person to ever live. <laughs> Joe, what's your number four? You got to read that book, the Ronan Fire book. He is the worst person ever. Wait, did he give his number four? Mm-hmm. What was it? Um, I only did three billboards. I only did Whiplash. Whiplash is mine. Yeah, but then it goes Sean and Yeah. Oh, is that how we're doing it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, number four. Hold on. Oh, okay. Number four. Uh, best performance of the decade. Uh, well, maybe the second best performance of the decade, but up there. Uh, Take Shelter. Michael Shannon's. Uh, I mean, the well, fact he's not nominated for an Oscar, and the fact it doesn't get screenplay and director for, for Jeff Nichols is is completely insane. Thought it was going to be your number one. My, uh, really, my number yeah. four as well. Actually, oh, is it really? Yeah. Wow. So you liked it too? I loved it. Yeah. Um, What's that? You have it. The 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 movie? Yeah, yeah you can take it. Um, <clears throat> so, so Michael Shannon basically plays a guy who uh, starts starts seeing things, for lack of a better word, and he's kind of trying to just go about. He's like a just a blue collar worker in like a very blue collar town, and I think guess they're in Arkansas, where a lot of Jeff Nichols stuff is. I don't think they explicitly say it, it doesn't really matter. Um, but he basically is seeing things and hearing things, and he gets the idea that he needs to build. Uh, he needs to build a bomb shelter or tornado shelter, more more accurate, I guess. Um, they don't have any money, so his wife, played by Jessica Chastain, and a great, great performance by her, is kind of like, what are you, what are you doing? And then the whole town is kind of freaking out. He has, like, these episodes where he just goes ballistic. Um, you kind of find out his mom had a little mental health issues, um, but you really don't know who to believe. That's right, and, yeah. and that's, like, kind of the, the brilliance of Michael Shannon is he plays this guy and you, like... <laughs> you almost want him to be right, although it's going to be disaster for everyone else. And it's literally just uh, kind of this guy trying to deal with, with his mental illness um, while people in the town look at him like he's, he's crazy. Um, it was probably, it was definitely the first Jeff Nichols movie I saw. Maybe his probably second movie, right? Um, first one was shotgun stories. Right. Shannon. Yeah. And then he did, I think he did this then mud, right? Yeah. Back to back. Yeah. So um, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to, if we can spoil it or not it. right now. All right. Oh yeah. You haven't seen it. I'm sorry. So yeah, we won't spoil it, but, uh, uh, but yeah, it, it's such, it's just such a strong performance by this guy. And he, it's, it's Michael Shannon at his best, which is sort of like, like an old Nicholas Cage at his best where he goes from like this extremely like meek shy guy to just a complete fit of rage. And it's, it's really, really incredible. And, and I mean, he, he thinks like there's something wrong with him. Like he starts going to doctors and he's trying, he's trying to figure it out. Cause he does not want like, he doesn't want this attention on him and his family. He doesn't want his wife pissed at him, but he knows in his heart of hearts he has to build this shelter. Um, and it's like a, it's almost kind of like there's some scary scenes. There's there's a lot of stuff. There's yeah. there's there, one there's scenes of the like the hallucinations. He's yeah, having. that are really good. And they're like so well done. Yeah, there's like this one scene where a storm's <clears throat> coming through, and then like he's in his house and he runs to his daughter to like grab her just uh, to make sure she's safe. Yeah, she's deaf, and so like, she can't hear the storms coming. All the furniture in the room just levitates. Yeah, it was like really crazy. well done. Uh, well, yeah, Nichols said that that shot cost more than the rest of the movie. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but he needed it in there. Um, yeah, it is. There's there's some cool stuff in there. and um, Yeah, it's, it's a very good movie. Maybe when Vince, uh, Vince is done with it, we'll talk about it some more. Uh, Number three. Number Vince. three. My three is Hell or High Water. Is that anyone else's top five? It's mine. Oh, my God. I knew it. I knew it. Wow, three in a row. That was... I know it. Uh, yeah, that this. Uh, yeah, this might be one of the better, like just out of nowhere movies that it came. Because I remember I didn't see a trailer yep. for it, 
I just heard it was like it was great. I thought it was like an eighteen hundreds western. Yeah, and no, then no, like no. the first thing they brought back, and I was like, wait, I'm like wait a minute. What am I getting? My no, that movie's awesome. Yeah, um, it was honestly the first time that Chris Pine I saw him, and he was legitimately really good in the movie. Yes, um, he's he's good, but I think. Ben Foster's that's one of the worst snubs. I was just gonna say I think it's a, I think it's the biggest snub of the decade for supporting actor. I, I maybe Michael Shannon for lead actor in Shame, but but for supporting actor that has to be it. Yeah, he was so good in that movie. Yeah, he's better than Jeff Bridges. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jeff Bridges got nominated. I mean, yep. he's great in it, but yeah, he's good too. But yeah, um, Ben Foster is so good in that yeah. movie. Taylor Sheridan wrote the movie. Who did mm-hmm. Sicario and uh, what's the other one? Wind River, which mm-hmm. is really good. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, I enjoyed all he and he wrote the sequel to Sicario I've enjoyed all his movies and I think it was David McKenzie another movie I haven't seen which I thought might be in yours was Start Up because don't you love that movie mm-hmm. I do yeah not my top 10 mm-hmm. but yeah I think it's really well shot really really tense and uh, one of those movies that was nominated for best picture but it was just literally too straightforward to too simple of it. There's a little social message in there. It's, I mean, the people are robbing banks, taking back. It's just it's such an old trope where people are robbing money, he's taking back, or robbing banks, taking back money that's rightfully theirs. You know, one of those things. So you're like, you're rude for them. But there's like a lot more depth to every character, including yeah. including the sheriff played by Bridges. But like Ben Foster's last scene is probably that's one of my favorite scenes of the decade. What when he the fi- the last scene with with him in it. Oh, yeah. okay. Want to get shot? Okay, I guess we're just gonna go ahead and spoil. It. Yeah, when he's like on the mountain, and what does he say? He's he's like, he's like, uh, Lord of the Plains. He's wasn't he like some saying he was like a little Native American or something? And he brings up like the tribe. Um, I just remember he's like standing on a hill, and it's just really cool because he knows he's gonna die. Yeah, I think it, there's some, there's, it a, there's a scene in a casino like halfway through the movie, and he's at like a blackjack table. And one of the guys there is Native American, and they sort of have like a little back and forth yes, conversation. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and then he says something that that Native American had said to him, I think. Yes, that's right. And he gets his head blown off. Yeah, my favorite part is still uh, when like he goes over, or Chris Pine goes over to or they're like hanging out, I guess at their mom's house or something where they lived, and uh, Chris or Ben Foster, I think, is drinking, and Chris Pine's like. Really you're right before right about to rob a bank. Yeah, and he's like, you're really drinking him. Ben Foster's like, who gets drunk off a beer? <laughs> the yeah, greatest thing ever. That movie's awesome. It, it was, the, my top three probably all could be number one on any different different day. Actually, probably my top yeah, five. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I really I'm certainly one and two are interchangeable for me, but uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. more. That was one I got out of, and I was like, this was incredible. Yeah. I can't wait to see it again. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I remember that. I was. I just remember being really surprised, kind of like you said, Vince. I really surprised by it when mm-hmm. I saw it. Like really, because everyone was saying it was really good, but I just couldn't put it together how this movie was good because it looked like a piece of crap from what I yeah. what I read and like saw in the posters and everything. But uh, yeah, it was awesome. Bed Foster is really good in it. That didn't surprise mm-hmm. me because I was kind of hoping that would be his breakout, but it really, I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, unfortunately. But Chris Pine was the biggest surprise to me because. I saw him in the first Star Trek movie, and he's mm-hmm. fine, but he was really, really good in this. Yeah, he was. My number three? <clears throat> Social Network. Didn't Ooh. someone... Ha- you ha- Joe had this early? I had my honorable mention. It was number 11. <laughs> honorable mentions, that is which my greatly, of... greatly offended Vince. Yeah. No, no I, I know it would be Vince's number one. Yeah. number one movie of the decade. Okay. Um, then should we wait? Until we do our number ones, yeah. Because I don't talk about it. I doubt anyone's. Wait, did I give my number three? No. Okay. Yeah, we can wait. Yeah, I don't think anyone's <laughs> going to have any of my my three in there. Yeah, <laughs> this this episode's going to be under a half hour. Oh, awesome. Well, then I can talk about uh 
my favorite television show ever created. Uh, when we're done, just remind me. All right, um, you'll find out. Maybe uh, we can go. <laughs> maybe we can go down our top ten of 2019. That's gonna real, do. real quick. Um, right. Yeah, let me just make that list real quick. <laughs> Throw it together. Um, my number three. Here's your Yorgo Slanthimos movie, uh, The Lobster. What's the other one? His first one, or maybe it might not be his first one. Well, Dogtooth was not okay. In I didn't the know if that I think was Dogtooth was twenty two thousand nine. Okay, that, okay. Um, that's I like actually. I mean, that's a, that's an awesome movie. I probably like the Lobster a little bit more than that. But uh, did you see the favorite or no? Uh, no, I've not watched favorite yet. Did yeah. he write that? T- I don't know, but I I saw part of that. Uh, and that was really yes. good. That was a good movie. Or I, I've seen like half of it. and It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've liked, I liked, I, I mean, I liked uh, Dogtooth, which led me to watch Alps, which was good, not quite as good as Dogtooth. But when the lobster came out, I think Dean and I saw it at the Philly Film Festival. Yeah. Do you remember that? We stood in line for a little while because we didn't. Have we had to sat in line forever. Yeah. We get in, it was packed, and there was like a girl behind. Remember the girl behind us? She was like, like worked for like a high school newspaper or something. I don't really remember that. There was like a girl right behind us, and she like tapped on the people next to us' his shoulder. She's like, "Do you guys come to like a lot of movies?" <laughs> and they were like, "Uh." And she's like, you mean like film festivals? <laughs> and then she like asked him a couple questions like before it started. Um, but but basically the lobster is if you get to a certain certain age uh, and you're single, you go to like a, you go to like a resort where you have to pair up with somebody. Um, but the way you pair up with somebody is like is like oh we're both nearsighted, so we should get mad. Like it's 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 so bizarre, it's so out there. Uh, but it is it was just an eye opening Colin Farrell performance for me. Um, I thought he was just, he was great as, as the lead character who, uh, you know, um, oh, <laughs> I left out a part. <laughs> if you don't find somebody in your time there, you, you're turned into an animal for the rest of your life. <laughs> I left that part out. Um, so he says a lobster. Yeah, yeah. So he chooses a lobster. Um, does he what? find somebody in Rachel Weiss? We're no, we don't know. What, what was his reason behind it again? Do you remember? Uh they live they live for like 150 years they're blue-blooded like aristocrats is what he says <laughs> um but it, it's it's it, a sidekick the always reliable john c Riley. Oh, <laughs> that's right i want to be a kangaroo <laughs> <laughs> so i can hop around <laughs> Oh God! It's pretty, it's pretty good. That movie. What's that? He's in every movie. He he is in every single movie. <laughs> he, I'm sure he is. He he's not the easiest guy to interview though. He was on a W2F with Marin, and Marin was just like, like he wouldn't answer any questions. And Marin and he asked Mark Marin about like he had a picture of a clown, and Mark Marin was like, ah yeah, like that. I don't know, like, it's just somebody gave it to me or whatever. He's like, well, I went to clown college. <laughs> and then Mark Farmer's like, all right, let's get into this. And they just talked about clown college for, like, 45 minutes. And then every now and, now and then, Marin will reference it in other episodes. He's like, yeah. Yeah. John C. Riley in here. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't crack that guy. It was like he tried to ask me about his movies. He was like, he's like, I don't want to talk about myself. <laughs> and then he just saw the picture of the clown, and they just talk about it. He was in clown college. But, uh... Um, Juggle. <laughs> Face paint. Oh, John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> oh God. Um. Uh. But but. I mean, this this guy's movies. Dogtooth is is basically about a, a a family of of three daughters who are kept at home by their parents and taught just the wrong things. Uh, Alps is about a, a service you can hire if somebody dies, an actor will come and play that that deceased loved one, and then he makes this, which is like kind of hard to to put a 
put a pinpoint on, but but it's probably about how like society re- reacts to this need to find some sort of companionship. And you look at like arbitrary th- things to to pair yourself with somebody. That's kind of what it does. Um, but it's also it's funny. It's probably his funniest movie. The yeah, like I just know a, it was gonna be that yeah. The scenarios are just are really funny that they get into it. And Rachel Weisz is good in everything too. And she's she's good as his like sort of love interest. Uh, not really sure how that that ended, but <laughs> I knew it was going to end the way it did. But uh. Uh, very, very good movie. I recommend it. Uh, my number three is, I think I'm the only person who's seen this, is Wait, Locke. Wasn't Hell or High Water? Oh, Locke. Yeah, yeah. I've seen Locke. Yeah. With, uh, that was four. Oh, that was four. Okay. Yeah. Tom Hardy in the car. You've seen it? The entire movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Have you guys seen it? No. I, no. <laughs> Tom Hardy in the car for, for an hour. No, thanks. Well, that's over an hour. <laughs> <laughs> is he a cab driver? <laughs> what, is, what is he doing? He's on. Construction manager. Mm-hmm. He uh, leaves work one night. Um, he's driving home, and then he decides he can't go home. He has to go somewhere else. Okay, this is this, this is your number three movie of the decade. Well, here's why. <laughs> it's it's the the entire movie is in his car. Okay, it's just one character. He um, well, one actor I should say. There's other characters, but you don't see them. You can only hear their voices because he's talking to them on the phone. But for the entire hour and a half it's just absolutely like gripping it's like the perfect example of like um how to do a lot with a little yeah because he did something that he wasn't supposed to do okay very very immoral okay and his family is just learning about it over the phone with him while he's driving his car and he's, he's trying to put a plan together how he's going to like deal with the consequences okay. of right. his mistakes, and it's awesome. This is good podcasting here. This is... <laughs> All right. Yes, he, it is his car for an hour and a half, but he did something terrible. <laughs> Do you see? No. <laughs> I feel like you would love it. <laughs> it, it does sound like it'd be right up my alley. It's good. It's really good. We're not too long at talking about the movie Buried, right, with uh, Ryan Reynolds? It's in the same video. Yeah, I like, I like that stuff. I like that stuff. A lot with a little. Yep. All right. Lock. Is this my number two now? This is Vince's number two. Bad Max Fury Road is my number two. (laughs) Anyone else? So this was my number seven. Okay, I thought Um, you had it. uh, This was a movie after it came out on... I got it on Blu-ray, and after it came out, I maybe watched it like once a month for the next like three months because I think it's I think it's so good it my is, mom actually did that with Dear John remember that movie <laughs> like every time I would come home she was watching Dear John and I think Chris Cooper was in it and played like he was like his autistic dad or something who like built birdhouses no it was Richard Jenkins <laughs> and that would be the scene I would see I think he like fixed clocks built um, birdhouses anyway back back he, to uh, fir- Dane DeHaan and uh, is that who it is no. It's Tom Hardy. No, it's a no, kid's name. Taylor, Taylor Nicholas Swift's Holt. Nicholas yeah. Holt. Yeah. Right. Um, it is a, the first half is a car chase. Yeah. And much like. Oh, Locke, I must have missed the entire second half because like that Locke, whole thing is a car chase. No. Much like Locke, a lot of uh, character development happens in a moving vehicle. <laughs> and you get, and uh, yeah. And then the second half is a race to get back. Is there something about a baby in there? Uh, one baby. of the guys. Yeah, kind of. You take it from here. Okay. But a, it is easily one of the best action movie of the last 20 to 30 years. When did The Rock come out? I'll give you 20 years. I don't think I can go 30, though. Okay. But anyway. 90. The, Rock, the Rock was 97. I just can't do math. But, um, yeah, uh, all, majority practical effects, which is just incredible how we filmed that. Um, such a good movie. Uh, I like the... I never saw the third Mad Max, but I saw the first two. 
Yeah. They're also really good, but I am a hundred percent on board with you guys and the way that movie looks. I, there's no story though, and I, I I need some kind of a story. I get, I get it. What is so? I disagree. What what is what I don't? What's the plot? No, I I, I get both sides. I think if you let's like kind of like get out. Like if you look at it just as an action movie, it's awesome. But if you also look at it more in depth for like smaller character I, moments, I was just gonna say I'm just I'm impressed by like the scope of it all those moving parts and it's not like jarring like you'll you'll see unskilled directors who put action movies or war movies together and it's just like a lot of handheld it's all nonsense it's all trash it looks terrible this is probably the best looking movie probably ever to be to be honest i mean uh, yeah yeah it's it's insane how how well made it is um i yeah i don't remember caring about Max, I don't remember caring about Charlie Starr. Was she bad? Which I don't, I don't know how that worked. She was bad. And, I remember Nicholas uh, Holt was good. I like decided she didn't want to live that life anymore. And yeah, I yeah just, she went to work at a bank. <laughs> she went to work at a bank. Where did it take place on on Earth? Or is it like yeah, Mar- it's, uh, is Earth? It's like um, <clears throat> it's uh, I think well, yeah, the guy George Miller's Australian. It's supposed to be in Australia. Ah, uh, that explains so like much. Post, like apocalyptic. Yeah. After like some like water dried up and stuff like that. It's the opposite of water world. Yeah, so it's good. <laughs> Desert world. Um, yeah, very well made. Yeah, I mean it was. And I almost, you know what else though? Maybe I will watch it again because you guys are telling me there's a story somewhere in the in the sound of car engines revving. But I almost feel like it wouldn't. And you said you watched it a lot on TV. Does it have the same like? Yeah, it does. If you watch a, it, yeah, yeah, it's it. it it's so just like so like you can tell it's all practical yeah. and stuff it's just it's really incredible i think you know just to have like that wild yeah he world. was nominated for best director did not win that right? yeah he lost to inuritu for the revenant but mm. i mean you can make a year argument. yeah yeah argument either way right um both both probably were as hard to direct as each other like they're probably the most two two of the most grueling shoots yeah, yeah i poof, man and Tom Hardy and Shirley Theron apparently couldn't stand each other. Uh, like nobody can work with Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah, that's he's seen it. Yeah, lock the revenant. He's alone the entire time. Apparently, he shows up on set and he's like, "All right, this is my set." <laughs> well, did you listen to the actors' roundtable? The the Hollywood yeah, report yeah. with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, where he's like, he's like, "Who was the?" I forget what he said, but Shia LaBeouf was like, "You just show up on set and you know that." It's Tom set, and you just kind of. What movie were they together? Oh, the Tank one. No, uh, the, uh, the Bootleggers one. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh. But Shia LaBeouf was like essentially just flat out said like he's the most difficult person to work with. <laughs> God, poor. I mean, I, I want anyone see that movie he's in, where he plays like his dad. Yeah, I that sounds it. awesome. It does. Sound it does sound really good. good. good Some somebody he, somebody told he, me it was very good. Hearing that I actually him saw talk it. about it on that round table made me want to watch it yeah it's about his dad right like yeah, how his yeah. dad treated him it's got that's gonna be tough but uh well he said he wrote it like when he was in a mental yes hospital as like right. a way to cope with all his stuff didn't um didn't brad pitt say shallow boss the best actor he's ever seen can you imagine making that statement he's really good in that <laughs> tank movie that, but the tank movie just is like eight hours long and it just it's not that long literally didn't people say it's like the most boring thing ever no it's a good movie it's really it's you're like the only fun. person who i've ever heard say that it's a good movie it was all right yeah <laughs> Fury? Is that what it's yeah. called? It's just I okay. thought it was like four hours long and just just tanks rolling slowly. Right, go, go the back. opposite of Mad Max Fury going, Road. Going back to a Brad Pitt's statement about Shia LaBeouf, can you what what were Brad Pitt's accomplishments up until two thousand? Can you a name river, just a couple? A river runs through it. A couple of big ones. Flight Club. Flight Club. Seven. 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 
Okay, so um, that actor. <laughs> so that that actor would someday be telling Lewis Stevens from <laughs> Even Stevens that he's the best actor he's ever that, seen. There you go. There you go. Apparently good. All right. Sean. All right. My number two is Drive. Wow. Oh, nice. <laughs> all right, everybody, do your worst. <laughs> Don't you guys all hate it? No, I liked it. That's actually the. Uh, Coming back to Oscar Isaac, I always yeah. think of him. As I the, thought, yeah, I another, always think of him as the asshole in Drive. Another he's not, one. He's not that bad. He's no, like, he, but he's like, he's a he's a dirt he's guy. getting cucked by Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Oh, he's yeah, the problem. Yeah. This was another instance where I had a lot of these. I feel like in the decade where I didn't know anything about it going yeah. into it, just kind of went for it, and it was not what I expected at all. Thought it was going to be like a Fast and the Furious type deal. Um, it's very art house, but feels like a. 80s kind of B movie almost with like the yeah I mean it, know, the movie like it gets to a certain point that's another thing you and then it's a completely different movie There's yeah like, that's like exact, the explosion of violence and then exact, it just goes to a different way and it's great yeah Did you know, and if you go down if you go down on my list you see a theme of that <laughs> I like, explosions I like, of violence I like no I like when there's like hard left turns and there's genre bending and stuff like that. And yeah. This movie had a ton of that. And you know Albert Brooks. That there's a, there was and a Albert lawsuit Brooks. after, did you ever hear that story? No. There was a woman who sued after seeing the trailer because she thought she was getting a Fast and Furious movie. She, <laughs> she sued the studio. I swear, I swear to God, that's a real it's Great. People are so stupid. <laughs> it was Kev. It was my brother. Oh my God. No, um, for a while, that was actually in my top 10. Um, Albert just, Brooks. Um, yeah. Like you said, it was different. It's not what you expected. Um, Gosling was pretty good in it. I mean, for what he did. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like he. It doesn't look like he did a lot, but I don't know. You, it's harder than it looks. It, it didn't. I mean? Yeah, it didn't crack my top ten for kind of that reason. Like Gosling, I think just broods a little bit too much. The stuff with Brian Cranston, I don't like. Um, he. Like Why? he's saying a lot of stuff about like cars don't really make a lot of se- like it's weird it's like a NASCAR bent to it or something where he's like in the garage and he's saying like like look at this tires got a lot of tread on them but like race cars wouldn't use tires with tread on them <laughs> it's just like weird like <laughs> I didn't th- <laughs> like I just thought, I just didn't like I didn't his think character you'd go that deep into like the but I remember seeing him being like all right like I get it Brian Cranston we we get it we get it like oh my god he's in one TV show who gives a shit he hasn't done anything of note since. Like, he's not that great of an actor. He was in a show. He was in a TV show that's now over. No one talks about. Who cares? Him and Kid Harrington, you got like a little boat together and just sail away. No one would No one would ever miss them. Like, they're not bringing anything to the table anymore. Drive at, uh, Drive's one of the better opening scenes to a movie. Oh, that's yep. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially that's when he's listening to the radio and he puts on the ball game. You just think he's like yep. a fan, mm-hmm. right? Well, no, because I knew that Ryan Gosling was the star of the movie, and he wouldn't just be like a guy going to a Clippers game. Well, I mean, no, you don't, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, you don't know, you don't know why he just turned it to like sport, like the, yeah, the baseball it, it, commentary. It meshes it into his whole plan. It is cool. Yeah, it is. That is very cool. Um, um, he uses it as a way to track where the game's at so that he can pull into the lot at the right time right when the game lets yeah. out that's no, it's yeah it's that's it's very cool getaway driver movie anyone have that uh, kevin spacey getaway driver movie on baby driver yeah sean you like that right i like that too but um not the top also, 10 uh yeah, i like the albert brooks is incredible in that yeah he's great and so is ron Another perlman guy wasn't nominated, right? no that was that was the year so was <laughs> it was actually funny um poor shit that he wasn't nominated. well yeah it was i mean 
so it was also the year that movie Young Adult, Jason Reitman's movie with uh, Charlize Theron. Right. That's actually a very good movie, but Patton Oswalt was in that, and he was getting some buzz. And uh, I remember the morning of the Oscars, like, I got up to watch watch the nominations, and then I go on Twitter, and uh, Albert Brooks and Patton Oswalt were going back and forth, like, making these jokes about how they didn't get nominated, and they were, like, getting other people into it. It was so funny. <laughs> and it was just like, like, Patton Oswalt would say something like, uh, like I'm at a like he would be like at a bar right now. Albert Brooks is not looking. Albert Brooks would like respond and like they were like putting a whole story together. It was incredible. Um, yeah, I mean Albert Brooks has like he's he's a much more talented. Than I think people give him credit for. He is talented. I mean the movie like like uh, defending your life. That's a great movie. That that that's I've like that. yeah, you'd love it. Mer- Meryl, eighties Meryl Streep. You'd love it. <laughs> you would love it. He's also <laughs> the voice of Marlon in Finding Nemo, which I know you love. <laughs> yeah, terrific movie. Um, broadcast news. He's great in that. That's one of the funniest scenes ever. But but uh, yeah, defending your life is a guy basically goes to like purgatory and has to. They like he sits in like a boardroom and they're trying to determine if he gets to go to heaven or not. And they just show him like video clips from his life. It's 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 great. <laughs> um, but Albert Brooks is great. Yeah, yeah. Drive good. What's your number two? My number two interchangeable with my number one. I, I know. I think Dee's had this on his list. Uh, I don't think anyone else did, but you were never really here. Right. Um, either that or or Michael Shannon is the best performance of, of the decade. Joaquin Phoenix is so good in that movie. We talked about it a lot on the podcast. Um, Sean, I don't know if you've, you've come around on it at all. Um, I would like to see it again. Yeah. Prime, I think. <clears throat> it is. Um, it. There's yeah. no denying his performance is incredible. Um, there's a certain scene where he puts a bunch of rocks into his pocket <laughs> it was shot beautifully is this the movie where d described him as a muscle for hire <laughs> well it's kind of what he is um yeah what is, i mean isn't that what he is was he a hitman or you, no he but yeah he, yeah he, he like doesn't no, no, yeah like when when like, like roughs people up it's when people's basically when people's daughters go missing the parents like don't want to go through the same channel so they kind of call this like private investigator who they know shading and joaquin works for this guy and it's any means necessary so um the movie is basically like it's just kind of about this guy's day-to-day and you get kind of a hint he's he's he was in the war had some abuse as a kid so he has this horrible ptsd and he's kind of struggling with that and then he basically gets a job where like a senator's daughter goes missing and he goes to find the girl and people were really comparing it to the taxi driver but it's 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 just not. I mean, that's the last maybe twenty minutes of the movie is when you when he goes on this job. The rest is kind of basically a guy who's trying to make his way in the world with with what he knows how to do and trying to battle these horrible demons while he takes care of his mom. Um, who who there's some really good scenes just with him and his mom. That's just like funny. It's weird that there's yeah. anything funny in that movie, but there's funny scenes there. There's um yeah throughout the movie he's like obviously just what you said he's like tormented and all that from you know. PTSD from war and his rough childhood yeah. and he's just brutally beating people but, and, but then these scenes with his mom you see like a softer you know like tender side to him you know and yeah and, and that is um, that's kind of a, I guess a thread through Scorsese movies is these kind of gruff people sometimes have a, a little bit of a soft side but the way and this is another thing that Scorsese has done where um, I mean not in, in certain in taxi drivers there's of course a scene where like they're showing the horrible violence and everyone talks about it and, and then he's making a phone call where he gets dumped by the girl or the girl will go on a date with him so they don't show that they don't show his reaction to that but they show the violence this is kind of like they show him but they don't really show violence like you know something horrible is happening right. or like it, like the opening scene something horrible has just happened 
like that's kind of how that sets the movie up where he's like cleaning off like blood off a hammer yeah. so you know it's horrible and a lesser filmmaker would have would have showed that and that, you know that's another that's well I'll get to it in a second but um, there's there's a rescue scene that's shown through like and, and it's such it's this is what puts it into this high and, and why I loved it so much there's basically it's in like a like a brothel with children in it for for lack of a better word whatever you want to call that and it's basically shown through like the security footage but you're not seeing like what he's really doing it's not focusing on the violence as much as it is like his sort of rescue mission and uh yeah it's 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 a risk to not include all of that but it i think it paid off really well yeah and the um and the score the soundtrack is is just incredible and it's like it's 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 literally like you kind of hear what's going on in his head which is just like fireworks at all times um and a great ending too like uh i mean it's maybe an hour and a half or just under yeah it's really short it's like you know, there's like no fat at all. It's just no. like every scene is like essential to the movie, which is awesome. No filler. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it all works out. Yeah, dark, dark one. It is very dark. <laughs> <laughs> Are we on to our number ones? Um, or, do you, do you give two? I so I think somewhere. What movie with a guy in a car is two? <laughs> I'm on number one now. I think somewhere along the way we sort of messed up. Yeah, yeah. Water two. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Then. Should we recap our top tens before we get to our number ones? Sure. Yeah. Let's just do that. Um, Sean, you got All right, hang on. Whoever has it uh, up, go ahead. Yeah, whoever has it up, go ahead. <laughs> all right, I'll go. I got, uh, starting with 10, Joker, 8th Grade, Before Midnight, Shame, You Were Never Really Here, uh, Take Shelter, Lock, I messed up my order. Three billboards. <laughs> Hell or high water. Okay. <laughs> Hell or high watermelon. All right. Really dark list. Yeah, really yeah. dark list. <laughs> yeah, dark, dark decade. Uh, my name is dark, dark, dark decade. Dark decade. Ten is the nice guys. Uh, nine is good time. Eight is mud. Seven is Logan. Six is Blade Runner 2049. Five is three billboards, four is whiplash, three is hell or high water, uh, two is Mad Max Fury Road, and one of the honorable mention, it was really close to making my list, was Dunkirk. <laughs> okay. So that was really close to being number 10 for me, but Am I would have had like five movies from that year. Yeah. Minor number 10, it follows nine, Don John, eight, Hateful Eight, seven, Mad Max, six, Her, five, Inside Lewin Davis, four, Get Out, three, Social Network, two, Drive. And I had 10, Ted, 9, Whiplash, 8, Inside Lewin Davis, 7, Obvious Child, 6 was Spotlight, 5, Beast of the Southern Wild, 4, Take Shelter, 3, The Lobster, 2, You Were Never Really Here. Sean, your number one? My number one, uh, said it already like 20 minutes ago, and so did D. Uh, it's Whiplash. Yep, my number nine. My number three. And it's number three. The only movie we all had uh, on our list. I think so, yeah. It's a great wow. movie. I watched it on Saturday. Um, Still hold up? Awesome. So good. Still holds up. Directed by Damien Chazelle. Newcomer in this decade, and he's yeah. already banged out three very great films. That's one of the uh, best directorial first features I think I've ever yeah. seen. I think it's the best, actually. Absolutely. Yep. Uh You'll. I'll correct you the next episode. I just gotta. I just got to remember. There's, like, guys in the 70s who it was, like, 
Like William Friedkin's first movie is like The French Connection. Like there's like classics that are the first guys guys first movie. But yeah, it's very good. <laughs> okay. I mean, he's like, like All right, little <laughs> All right. Do you want the microphone? <clears throat> J.K. Simmons one of the best performing or supporting performances of the decade maybe. Easily. Is he the best? Yes. Best supporting performance uh, ooh, of the decade. Him or Rockwell. Those are probably well, if, if those are the two, it's J.K. Simmons, but I don't think those are the but two. Anyway. Um, I don't think about it. Army actually, Hammer in a social network, maybe. <laughs> uh, I actually just rewatched Alice Pirates Club and Jared Leto is really good in that movie, but I digress. Yeah. Um, that movie's awesome. I... <laughs> That was one where I could put it on at like any time. If it's on TV at any point, I could watch it from that point till the end of the movie. Such so just like it's a simple topic, guy. Like it, it's all. It's just like having an asshole teacher or boss, essentially, who's like abusive. It's 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 insane. Miles Teller plays a jazz drummer. Um, he enrolls in music school, like a prestigious, a prestigious music school. school. Um, his first day of class? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and he it's runs like his in, first day of class. He but, runs into a very abusive instructor. What's, yeah, what's the class again? It's just just like drumming class. Band. I, don't, I don't know. Band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't really get in. They don't really get into it. Um, um, yeah. Um, the instructor walks in, played by J.K. Simmons. Um, seems pretty cool and laid back <laughs> until you realize that's like how he operates, and then he mm-hmm. goes into crazy abuse mode yeah and is an absolute psycho perfectionist and and his whole his whole purpose of it is to get the best out of a person like right. despite his his ways of doing it it's a perfect movie for when it came out because you know say what you will and i know some people are like whatever give every kid a trophy and some people are like so against participation trophies but like it, it a lot of i think a lot of people and and maybe it's a commentary on chazelle's own generation because he's a 26 when he made it 20 oh Paul Thomas Anderson, Day Hard Eight is a thousand times better. Um, <clears throat> yes, it is. Uh, how old was he? I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson was twenty when he made Hard Eight, so it's like he was like twenty eight. I think. All right, so I think it could be a commentary on his own generation where no one wants to really like do the hard work. And look, he, yeah, he, the guy's abusive and he's putting him through absolute torture. But spoiler alert, he gets the best out of him eventually right. by by those methods. And I think it kind of shows like. If, if it's about nothing else, it's about the hard work you have to put in to see results. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Like, is there to push someone to their absolute limit? Right. You know, and even beyond. Does what? that, do you actually, is that the best way to achieve the goal? That's what, it, that's you know what, what you mean? ask yourself. Yeah. Real quick, it is probably the best edited movie of the decade, I would say, rewatching it again, just how fast paced it oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you can see just like, uh, like I said, I just rewatched it last week. Miles Teller is like, desperate to impress this guy in like any way possible you can even see that like if you were like an, if you were trying to impress like a new boss or anything but there's one scene where he like sees uh jk simmons talk to an old friend and his friend's kids there and like he's being nice to the kid yeah. you can tell like miles teller sees that and he's like oh yeah that like it's almost like something he can cling on to show that he's like a good person he wants to impress this guy right so and, it's it's so subtle but so good and, and the greatest scene is kind of towards the end his dad's played by like an old comedian what's paul that guy's riser. paul riser paul riser and paul riser's like all right like enough is enough like come here son and teller like kind of walks over to him but then goes back to like yeah, his drum right. kit um 
I think that might be one of the best endings. It's great. Yeah, it is great. It's up there. It's one of the best endings of a movie all time. But also the movie, like, the movie starts with him drumming in that, like, kind of room alone. And it's like, all right, I'm in. Like, this is great. Yeah. And then it's just it's it's just a panic attack for, yeah. like, two hours. And then it's, like, a heart attack and it's at a the crazy end. dynamic because, um, I guess, does Miles Teller, like, he just lives with his father. Does he know the mom? Does she, like... I don't, no, think it's, I don't think it's ever really... So, no. Oh, he... he Jakey Simmons like, brings it up. What your yeah. mom do? Right, What's right, your right. parents do? like, my dad's a teacher and my mom left. Right, right, When right. I was young. And the fact that, um, just to show, like, the frantic, like, stress, as you were saying, like, the scene with the spoiler alert, when he's, he's like, on a bus to a competition, mm-hmm. breaks down, rents a car, forgets his drumsticks, and he's, like, rushing, and he just gets completely T-boned right. by the car, and he's, like, bleeding out on stage as yep. he's trying to play. It, it's incredible. Do you think? Um, do you think if it was a movie about a coach trying to teach a kid to be a great quarterback? It would have been re- received the same way. Yeah, I don't think so either. Not in Hollywood. <laughs> it's just there's just no way. And there's that scene. Um, doesn't he like forget like his portfolio of notes or something? That's or he leaves it. That's somewhere. what Vince was talking about. Yeah. No, 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 no. But you don't know what happens to it. Like, what do you mean? Question whether or not J.K. Simmons. He left it on like a vending no, machine or something. No. Right? So he. So this happens. What you're talking about happens before the the car crash. He leaves. His, I thought that the was the car, car crash. He leaves his drumstick and his drumsticks in like the rent a car place. So he drives back like ten okay. minutes before the competition starts, and he gets hit by the car. But what you're talking about is he's second, like the second drum, like the backup drummer of the band at this point. So what he does is the lead drummer's like, "Watch my folder," like just oh, trying to like right, flex yeah. power on him. And he puts it down. And right, right. And he's like, well, where's the folder? He's like, oh, I've left it right here, blah, blah, blah. And then J.K. Simmons asks him where his music is. And Miles Teller's just like, oh, I happen to know that by memory. So it's just like him trying to screw mm-hmm. the guy over to get the position. Okay, yeah. But it's like, you're like you said, it's like not a, not, they don't like show him like throwing the thing out. Right, you don't, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's very well done. Um. <laughs> uh, you guys covered about everything. <laughs> um. No, I don't know. I, I feel like I have to say something about it. I'm sorry, I thought you were done. But I don't really know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Mar- I don't Mar- know. Mar- Seller ever do another good movie? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. I just wish you didn't follow it up with that with that garbage. What Ch- Chazelle? La La Land. La La Land. That was a good movie. No, it wasn't. <laughs> just, just wasn't. God. Whiplash is just very raw. Makes you feel a lot. Yeah. Um, Vince already brought this up, but it makes you feel a lot through its editing, which is so sporadic and crazy. And the win editing. I think it did. Yeah. Rightfully so. Um, yeah, it's perfect. I think it's a perfect movie. It is a perfect movie. Highly recommend. Perfect film. It's very good. It's good. It was very good. Vince wants to say something? I just literally shaking. <laughs> I just want to transition to the actual perfect movie of the decade, which and is what the is social that? network. Which is your number one? Number one. Hands down. Not even close. Not even close. Wow. So yeah, that was my number three. Um I mean, directed by David Fincher, who I think up until that has only done like thrillers and uh yeah. Drama murder. <laughs> Was that before after oh, yeah, that's network? Right, right. That was before. <laughs> um I just like how he takes all of his like style 
stylistic approaches and dialogue and puts it into the story of how Facebook was created. It's amazing. There's, um, I like the movie, but not nearly as much as you guys. Um, yeah, I'm probably with you. I understand the craft and I know like Fincher is just like a perfectionist, but it's not like a, I could care less about the story really. It's, it doesn't do it for me. See, I, I, the story, I think it's, so, I'm at the point where it's so well made and it's so well written and so well acted where I, well, well, I automatically care. <laughs> I think the why and why I don't get totally invested in the story is because Army Hammer is such an atrociously bad actor. He's so, he's so terrible and in the only everything. Thing worse than one Army Hammer. But I, but he's, he's so bad. And it's like, but I think you it have works. to play that. I mean, you can't play that character like a high school bully. But these it, are, work, these are it works these up are against incredibly smart guys. It works up against Eisenberg's portrayal of Zuckerberg. I think. Eisen, yeah, he's good. He's really good. I, I mean, the best performance is Andrew Garfield because he's the best actor. Harmy's an awful actor. Eisenberg's a, a very, very <laughs> stable <laughs> actor. Asshole. <laughs> um, all right. I just, I just think that the Winklevoss twins, who were who were such a key part of the story, needed to, needed to have something other than we're just meathead jocks because those guys are geniuses they're very very smart uh, they have money they row but but th- th- you can't you can't play them like they're angus it, that's what they did it was just a high school bully it was it was ridiculous and it's like oh poor poor zuckerberg who's also a piece of shit i mean so the guy you do sympathize with is garfield and, and he plays that well um and another one i think sean we talked about this in our uh while ago, did we do favorite opening scenes? Yeah, we did. Yeah. And I think I, I had this in mind. And that's oh, that's a great probably scene. Aaron Sorkin at his best um, when he's talking to is it Rooney Mara or yeah, Kate Mara? Rooney, Rooney Mara. Mara. Um, yeah, and they're just they're just talking, and you know everything you need to know about the character Mark Zuckerberg right there. How you much just, of an asshole right, he you is. just you just know you know a story right away. And then my second favorite she scene. What's that? She dumps him. Yeah, because yeah, because he's just a prick. He's just like insulting her going to Boston University right. or something. Yeah, I don't think Marin like that. I'm gonna go back to my dorm room and code now. <laughs> they're just <laughs> they're, they're out. To See, dinner. but that's like that's like how that's the equivalent of how Army Hammer played the Winklevoss character. If Eisenberg like had like like tape around his glasses, like the big frames, like that. That's that's how it would have been. That scene starts with them just out to drinks or whatever, and ends with a breakup. Yeah, and and beautifully written. The, the, yeah, the incredible. The, the screenplay is incredible, and and then, it, and then it, Timberlake's like, "Hey, you know what's better than a million dollars? A billion dollars." <laughs> All right, listen. <laughs> nice job. Nice writing, Aaron. The, <laughs> okay. All right. I think it works that these the, performances uh, are over the top. Well, I think it's fun. I think it's. I think it, it's great that. But uh, I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't want the actor to. I don't want them to be exactly like the people. No, I, I, under, I understand that. But but don't you think there there has to be a little more depth to the Winklevoss twins than than that? Absolutely. I mean, they were. That, and my it's point not is, the Winklevoss twins movie. I know, I know. But my, but I mean, if there's such a they're huge there as player, the people that drove Mark to do what he did. I would say that the girl drove Mark to do what he did, and this is I'd why say, I'd this, say many people in his life. And see, this is why it's a great. This is why it's a great screenplay because the very last scene of the movie uh, is him yeah, requesting her on Facebook, and she and he just keeps refreshing his page to yeah. see if she'll accept the accept the friend request. So there's like up not there's nothing in that in that movie that would give you a hint that he would do that until the very last scene. Yeah, it's awesome. I guess Priscilla Chan wasn't wasn't involved at that point yet. No, not yet. Man, could you imagine? Can you imagine being like? 
Being like mom, dad. You're talking about Brenda Song? No, her name's Priscilla Chan, his wife. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but... Okay, that doesn't, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> no, it does not. For me. Um, what time is this? Imagine, imagine being like mom and dad. I like met a guy. Uh, he's like in, like he's he's involved in the internet, and they're like who? And he's like Mark Zuckerberg, and they're just like, oh my god! Like they literally get the dollar signs in their eyes, like in a cartoon. And then it's like, but he wants to live in a shitty house. He doesn't want to spend any money. He wants to wear t-shirts everywhere. So we have all this money, but we're going to donate most of it, and we don't get to enjoy our life at all. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's that's a great bummer. Movie. So, what's your number one, Joe? I mean, it's so anticlimactic now because you guys all hated it, and no one's got anything to say about it. But it is the best movie of the decade, no, and it's a ghost story. I like that. I absolutely don't hate it. I like that movie a lot. Oh, all right. Well, let's 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 dish. Let's yeah, talk. Let's do it. Um, okay. <laughs> so there is a scene where Rooney Mara eats an entire pie, no cuts. Yeah. All in one take. Vegan chocolate. Um. So what, what was that? That just to show the what, you know, what the grieving process looks like for some people. She's grieving the loss of her husband, played by Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck dies, car accident outside of their house. Um, it looks like they were maybe a little bit on the rocks um, at, at the at the moment of his death. So she's really trying to reconcile with it. Um, people who talk about a ghost story talk about that scene for some reason, and I, I think it's like, it's just the easiest thing to... yeah, it's just it's just an odd looking scene. But it's all right. I mean, I don't know. People get sad. People do destructive things, and that whatever. That's that's her thing. Uh, maybe it has something to do with she's ex- she's obviously Hold extremely on. she's extremely fit she's extremely thin like maybe she wouldn't eat a whole pie I, I don't know it's it the movie is so it's so far beyond that because it is I mean it's a sci-fi movie right yeah 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 at its crux That's what I like about it again genre blending it, it, yeah, that it is shit. it is and I mean. Yeah, we're talking about the pie thing, but Casey Affleck literally has a sheet on him <laughs> walking around as a ghost. But he's he's kind of he kind of transcends time, and it's hard to not give goes, a, yeah, a lot away. Back to like the old west. Well, though. he completely transcends time, but in the same kind of spot, and he's always yeah, sort he's of always looking for for this this woman, I guess. And uh, it it, Sean, you say genre blending, but it really does go like there's a scene where it's 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 a scene of a haunted house horror movie from the perspective of the ghost. So it's his family in the house, and he's pissed. Casey Affleck's ghost character, and he's yeah. like slamming stuff. So it's like you're in the haunted house, but this is what's causing it. And you're seeing it. And that, I thought that was awesome. Ending scene's one of the best things. The ending scene's there. great. Um, the, the the movie, the scene with the party monologue, the the guy, the uh, guy in the overalls, yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of there's there's just a lot a lot to the movie. <laughs> it's it's very yeah. difficult to yeah, a lot of layers to to describe but uh that but whole sequence like where he said transcends time like or it's you know he's back in like what is it like the covered wagons period yeah uh-huh. yeah you get back to and, there and he's like in the yeah in, that's like the future, that future yeah. like so that's like why i really like the movie yeah, yeah. me too like yeah that was, that was pretty good there's a lot of that. a lot of cool stuff and, and you're you're always trying to like kind of piece it together like it's it's sort of and, and i think that that why the movie worked for me so much is i do believe that like i believe that that there's a, a portion of me who, <laughs> like, like I'm going to say something in 10 seconds, and I believe that that's already happened in some other, like, world. And that's sort of where, this, right, where this gets to. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not talking about, like, deer meat and on it. Um, but but I think that, because like, there's, there's, like, the scene where 
it's kind of like the same scene. It's him basically entering the house. But they do it in a bunch of different ways. You know what I'm talking about? And he's like one step ahead or one step behind. And I mean, that kind of introduces you, kind of dips your toe into the water of what's to come. And then it just becomes chaos with the, with the, the moving through time. But um, yeah, I think that that's probably one of the reasons why it really like resonated. If you, if you yeah. do a, think of that. On a yes. side note, that was one of the funniest, when I explain it, funniest movie theater experiences. Because Sean and I went. And Did I, was, was I there? Like, no, it was just us two. And then there was just this. Maybe one other person, and then this guy just sat behind us in like a full empty theater. He came in like two minutes into the movie. He's like, "Why did it start already?" <laughs> Vince, Vince was about to throw hands with that guy. I mean, if you, if, you, if you walk into a movie, so like, why didn't it, why didn't it, why didn't they tell me it started? But if the movie no, says like, seven, there's 50 minutes of preview, so it's seven fifteen. So this guy had to walk in at seven seventeen and be yeah. shocked that a seven o'clock movie had already started. Right. Let's go find this guy. Um, <laughs> like, why, what no, time? he was like, he was like asking us questions about the movie that were like so clear. Like, what we're time did like, it start? What's going on? He's like, well, I, I didn't get here in time. <laughs> what, he's like, asking okay. you guys this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what do you want? I didn't get here in time. Right? All right. Just, can we leave? Just let us leave. That and the guy when we saw the Revenant, who just kept trying to talk Joe's ear off the whole movie. Oh, that guy was annoying. Still not as bad as the time D sat on a midget in a uh, gravity. <laughs> Do you remember that? Man, there's so many. Do you like, no. like sat down and you like, Wait, no, it was, I'm sorry, it was, it was Inception. Do you like there's... sat down and he pulled out like a rapper? Sean, you remember this? He pulled out like a rapper. And it turned like, out to be gay, a human being. Like a gay rapper. And I was like, like he was behind him on the seat. I was like, I just, like he sat on a midget. He's like, you the candy. There's like two little feet like right in. Oh my God, dude. It's horrible. It's oh, horrible. There's so many places where i have to edit <laughs> ah we were young and throw in bleeps we were young this episode. <laughs> uh this one might go. not see the light of day top 10 of the decade right. is that it so wait a couple surprises we're at an hour 10 because oh, when, really? I, was, when yeah. I was going through my list i was trying to um you know think of your guys and i actually have like pretty much all of jill's <laughs> but you didn't say a more no no i had um, i actually had five um, honorable mentions, which were Finders Keepers, a great documentary on Netflix, right. Amore, American Animals, which I loved, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's Inherent Vice, and The Social Network was 11. Okay. For Shawnee, what was the one? What was that cartoon movie, or the claymation movie? The Anomalisa. Oh, yeah, Anomalisa, yeah. yeah. Being yours. Yeah, that one's uh, just so sad <laughs> to me. You said Logan, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Um, some of my... Um, no one, uh, The House of Jack Belt. Yeah, I was a little surprised you didn't sneak no. that in there. <laughs> we did a whole episode on that if you want to go back and yep. listen. Um, I had Ex Machina as one of my... Um, oh, yeah. I, I had that on my, my big list. Honorable mentions and Good Time and Uncut Gems by the Safety okay. Brothers. Uh, real quick, my honorable mentions were, I think I mentioned Wolf of Wall Street. Um, Moneyball was real close to being on my list. I just rewatched Dallas yeah. Buyers Club. I never real, I Not that I never realized, but I forgot how good of an overall movie that is. Um and I had one more, but it's slipping my mind. Oh, Dunkirk, which I said. Yeah, D. There was a end arrival. There were D. There were two fairly new movies. I was surprised you didn't have on there. They may have been the same year, actually. First Reformed and Leave No Trace. No one had Leave No Trace, which I'm surprised about. Uh, my like yeah, I, when I just when is... I just thought of movies to put on like my short list, I had um, 127 Hours, The Disaster Artist, Three Billboards, A Separation, First Reform, The Master, Leave No Trace, The House of Jack Built, Fifty Fifty, Hannah, Young Adult, Rust and Bone, Perks of Being a Wallflower, The Babadook, Foxcatcher, Nebraska, Enough Said, Room, 
Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, The Hateful Eight, Moneyball, The End of the Tour, Dog... Uh, no, not Dog Tooth. That was the wrong year. Amour, Shame, Inherent Vice, Social Network, Ghost Story, Dunkirk, The Lobster, You Were Never Really Here, Take Shelter, Black Swan, The Fighter, uh, Beast of Southern Wild, Spotlight, Ted, Whiplash, Obviously, Child, Lewin Davis. Yeah. Solid. I'm assuming no one else put together a short list like I did. No, uh... <laughs> no, I can't say that I did. <laughs> no, nobody had Inception? Was that... I didn't. decade? No. Uh, 2010? Yeah. yeah, there's a lot that I regret, and we should redo this. So I can do it. <laughs> and my list would just be completely different. What do you think um, was the best had... year of the decade? Did you guys think about that? I did. Yeah. Um... I think it was 2017. It was either 2017 <laughs> or 2013. <clears throat> what was 2013? 2013 was Wolf of Wall Street, uh, Lewin Davis, Dallas Buyers. Uh, what else? 12 Years, Years a Slave, yeah, Her. Um, that's got a bunch of my favorites so. yeah and then 2017 for me was Logan Blade Runner 2049 Three Billboards uh, Dunkirk uh, what was the other one I'm kind of all over the place you said Logan what else 2017 maybe, was really maybe 2014 for me Obvious Child Inherent Vice Whiplash and Noah I thought a separation for sure yeah I always I mean I probably have to see that again um we should really um, that and Rust and Bone. I want to watch again when I was thinking about it. Marion Cotillard, no legs. Do another episode. No legs, no problem there. <laughs> She's a babe. Oh lord. We should do another. Um, our next episode should be our top ten of the two thousands because every movie on that list would be my number one on this list. That'd be really tough. God, that decade was so much better. I mean, my, my top, what probably my top, my top decade? four movies would be from 2007. I think we all have the same, you have two in the same top four. You think that's probably the better decade is the first? Uh, 110%. Yeah, just because you you, pro- you have the probably the second best Coen Brothers movie ever. You have the best Paul Thomas Anderson movie ever. You have Juno, of course. We would, I in, our, we, in, our, in our top five, we would, two of them that we would all have would be there will be blood and Inglorious Bastards. I can guarantee you that right now. No, they, there will be there will be blood and No Country for Old Men in your top five. I'm saying two, mm, like two of your. Five. I don't know. If, I don't know if Inglorious Bastards will get my top five. Really? I, I mean, off the top of my head, it would it would literally be four movies from 2017, and then maybe 500 Days of Summer would be five. The Wrestler. No. <laughs> I like that movie. I like it. I mean, it would be probably No Country. There will be blood. Juno, Michael Clayton, and probably 500 Days of Summer Sideways. off the top of my head. Sideways is a good movie. I don't think right. about that. Lot, lot to, lot to chew over. Can I, can I just uh, talk about best show on television? Catch television sure. history. Yeah, yeah. It's one. a cheer on Netflix. It's the best thing I've ever seen in my life, hands okay. down. All the right. best thing. I think this ever. is a docu series about um, about a junior college sh- cheerleading college team with just a with a just a ice queen of a coach. Oh my god, she's crazy. Like the girls are getting seriously injured. She doesn't bat an eye. It's great. Um, Every girl, it's it's the same guy who did uh, Last Chance You, which is the show about like the football players in your college. So it's that same vibe. Like everyone kind of came from a hard scrabble background, but it is intense. Like it is really the the way it's so masterfully edited. The way they do this stuff is just incredible on Netflix. And uh, yeah, Cheers, great. Obviously, you haven't seen The Outsider. Now I don't get HBO anymore. Now the what, Outsider. What is that a Stephen King thing? Yeah, I don't know. Is so up my alley yeah. it feels like what's it about true detective but there's a sci-fi element okay that's all i'll say there is a sci-fi element true detective isn't there there's spiritual <laughs> doesn't like the world open or something stu- <laughs> like, i mean that's that's <laughs> rust having hallucinations from what he's just like drinking what? cough syrup 
what's going on? And then McConaughey's <laughs> That's like, ah, just, uh, accent. No, he's got like that weird like, like what? Like I'll say like, what's going on? Well, what's going on? <laughs> nah, that was a bad one. But uh, and then McConaughey's like, ah, I did a LSD back in the day. <laughs> I bet like I'm gonna if I watch that performance again, I probably wouldn't wouldn't go for it. McConaughey's. How dare you? No. Oh, yeah. All right. Thinks he's smarter than everybody. <laughs> Anything else? That fall from grace is going to be ugly for him. And I, think, it, I think it's coming. Yeah, he's already in it. Already yeah, yeah, it's over. already here. It's, it's, it's going to get ugly real fast. <laughs> we, all, we all had a good time. He sucks speaking, again. <laughs> speaking of ugly and people that are just... Brad Pitt is... This is going to get This is going to get sad. He's going to win an Oscar, but after that, it, it's going downhill. He's like his. He looks terrible. He looks he the looks plastic surgery, good. the hair. He looks all. It's it's gonna be. He's clinging to his youth. It's gonna be ugly. It is gonna be a bad fall for that guy. Tarantino's gonna have to rescue him in twenty years. You heard it here first. It's it's gonna be rough back, rough decade for Brad Pitt coming up. He's funny and with the Tinder, and then he's all charming. But it's <laughs> it's, it's 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 gonna it's gonna get ugly for him. <sighs> all right. All right, uh, so um, maybe our next episode will be a revisit to the 2000s decade, yeah. or maybe this will be the last one we ever do. <laughs> now you're putting these um, up on the same episode, or is these two separate? Uh... That's a good question. Four-hour episode. Time will tell. <laughs> it be like a Joe uh, Rogan podcast. We do want to <sighs> maximize our uh, number of hits. Um, <laughs> yes. What are we up to? Ten? <laughs> Eleven? Evan <laughs> <laughs> Ross. <laughs> three fours just Vince refreshing <laughs> over and over again alright that'll do it All for right. now um, top ten of the decade there you go go out watch them or don't yeah you know, I don't care uh, to play us out is a band called R.E.M. The song is called Man on the Moon it's been a great decade <laughs> Take care of each other. Love you guys. Goodbye. That's getting weird, all right. What was that? What was that anything? Yeah, it's getting a little weird. One last thing from Vince? All right, goodbye. Vince is tie-tie.